It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the SFL with your hosts, Ed Big Dog Ritter and Doug Joker Bucks. Get ready to hear from special guests and get the latest news, stats, team reports, and all things SFL. Ed and Doug bring their unique style and humor to every show. So get ready, call in, participate in the chat. We are ready to get inside the SFL. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. And as always, it's inside the SFL. And with me is Ed Ritter. Big dogs in the house. Yeah. Uh, before we even get into anything, I just want to ask one quick question. Are you getting Nancy? So, am Are I getting Nancy? Yeah. Oh, I'm ready for this season to start. I can <laughs> tell you that right now. Yes, it's been a very fun, exciting off season, and I'm going to give a quick shout already. We got Brevin Armstrong, wide receiver, Louisville, in the chat. X Factor, the Grand Poop the League, co-owner of the Cleveland Vipers, guest three, four, five, six, and guest two is on the call in here in a minute. And North Carolina, got a feeling that's our boy, Alan Drum. So we'll get these guys here in a few seconds. Guest two, uh, we got to get him on first. Is that the boss? Are you sure that's the boss? I, I'm pretty sure that's the boss. And he can wait. No. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So, yeah, if he's in there, let's see who guest two is You're with us. Is this, is this Daddy? What's up, fellas? Told you it was the boss. <laughs> the, the ESP is real. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man, I'm done moving. Nice. Oh, it's horrible. You know, well, it really could have been easier. The whole move could have been easier. And what would that have been? Ed and I would have done everything for you. All you had to do was make sure we won the championship this year. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know. After this, after this week, that would have been, that, that would have been a good sell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This now, last I the picture, this, man. Don't mind Ed, he's talking to children. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, I saw the picture of the office, if you will, and that picture had me, I was like, why is there wood against the wall? Is there going to be a third desk in the middle? Oh, the desk wraps all the way around, um, and it did last season, but it is all 100% fully up and operational. There you go. Next picture you post, remember, 
Demond's uh, chair better be in the picture, or he'll be <laughs> upset. I actually don't have my. I actually don't have my uh, my big commissioner's chair. Uh, we couldn't fit. We couldn't fit it in the in the loading uh, or in the moving truck and in all of our car packing and everything. So I've got uh, Demond's chair and uh, well, the the guest chair, but Demond would call that his chair. And then you gotta uh, get a pencil and put commish on the back of your chair. <laughs> I should do that. Maybe I can buy a chair from uh, the NFL shop one of these days. Well, you, got go. <laughs> you got a grill there yet, too? You know, so Tamon can not show his cooking skills. I'm, I'm telling you, man. I, you know, you don't want me cooking. You, you want me, you want me pouring you cereal. That's what you want me doing. Okay. Oh, we want the Cam Foreman grill. <laughs> <laughs> no, they ain't gonna name a grill after me. They may. They may name some uh, some, some, you. Uh, some game after me or something, but they're not going to name. Well, there is one that. thing. There is one thing named after you to a degree, and I said it during tonight's game. Uh, the SFL Fantasy League I've created on NFL.com. The name of my team is Cam's Old Internet. <laughs> so, so, uh, so your fantasy football team is going to be slow and unreliable. I see. <laughs> As long as they win. <laughs> oh man, wow. that's funny. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you guys um, because I know it's, it's something that, um, that is exciting and and everyone is gonna want to hear and and may not realize what's happening here. But you know, with the move of league headquarters comes um, comes. Faster internet um, and uh, and just a more powerful um, setup, and uh, we got that all in today. Um, and uh, and I got some shocking uh, statistics uh, for you, some numbers to throw out at you that are going to blow your mind. So, all right, I love numbers. Go for previous, it. Previously, it took on average for an average game um, and a near-perfect uh, internet connection. It took uh, an hour and 45 minutes to upload each and every one of our hundreds of games in the SFL. Um, the upload speed was so, it was so taxing on the internet, it actually taxed uh, my computer as well, and, and it made... Um, it made working online extremely difficult because just not everything was going into that uh, that upload of that of that HD file. Um, so today I tested out um, the Santa Fe and Tallahassee training camp battle, and I went ahead and I uploaded it with our new headquarters. Does anyone want to take a stab at how long it took? Thirty-five minutes. Ed, you got something? I have no clue. <laughs> anyone else? Anyone else in the chat wanted to guess? Nine says four hours. Four. Uh, no, <laughs> we're not going backwards here. We're going forwards. <laughs> Jeez. Well, that is Chris Davis. Uh, you forgive him. <laughs> uh, yes, we forgive him. It took five minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Holy wow. crap! Five minutes. So here's some numbers thrown at you. It. Oh. I will be able to upload 21 games in the time it took me to upload one. Um, 
I will save over 1,000 minutes uploading videos. We'll see. Wow. Um, so you're you're talking about any time a highlight video, no. uh, top ten video, uh, anything, any any sort of media file that we have, you're talking about instantaneous upload and availability um, as soon as it's completed. Wow. Very cool. So um, hey. a dramatic. We we will be flying around with. Um, with some with some settings, uh, potential recording settings to maybe uh, bump up to 1080p. I don't want to record in 1080p if we can't properly stream in 1080p because I don't want the recorded versions being the go-to place to see the best recording of games. Um, right. So I, I won't I won't sacrifice our live product um, for a recorded product, um, but. Uh, but certainly, um, any any sort of highlight video or top ten or um, you know a, any sort of video that's produced on my end, I will be gunning for the highest quality possible um, because because everything will be um, just so much faster. So to put it in perspective, overall um, download speed was twenty eight, upload speed was four and a half. Download speed is now fifty eight. And upload speed is now 62. Nice. So, like it. if anyone doesn't think the SFL Season 7 is going to be a game changer, you are incorrect. Uh, Internet provider now is Frontier, to answer Guest 9's question. Oh, okay, yeah, Brevin Armstrong already got me. See, Brevin's looking out. He's already in mid-season form. And that's why you said it's a new frontier. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you're, you're smart, Doug. You're smarter than, than everyone else gives you credit for. All the people that talk to me say, eh, Doug is not the brightest. Uh, and they're <laughs> wrong. They're wrong, Doug. Um, that is, that is a, that's brilliant. Um, that is really brilliant. Um, and... Uh, and, yeah, you're absolutely right. A new frontier is absolutely right. Um, as, long, as long as it's not football-related, they could be correct. But if it's football-related, I'm probably smarter than all of them. <laughs> um, so 10 days to go till the season. Uh, over the next four days, we'll, we will release season preview articles on the site. Um, we'll go north, south, east, west. So north will be up tomorrow. Each team preview will include a little synopsis of what they did last season, uh, t a team breakdown to show you um, the, the changes in the uh, star tower, as I like to call it. Um, so we'll, we'll sort of lay out, you know, um, which positions have changed at the gold, silver, and bronze level just so everyone can get kind of a feel of how the teams have adjusted themselves. Um, we'll also have a uh, key to the season uh, section where we'll break down what we believe is each team's key to the season. A historical fact, that. yeah, a historical fact about each team heading into the season and and what this season may or may not mean for the team, and then a final verdict of the team. We'll we'll be staying impartial, um, so uh, we won't be doing predictions on the site, at least from the league's uh, point of view. But uh, we'll have sort of a verdict on on some of the 
the, the biggest talking points of each unit, and we'll break those down um, over the next four days. Uh, after that, I plan to have, um, I plan to develop, uh, I, I can't confirm this yet because I'm still working out the kinks of it, but I do plan to develop um, sort of a, a weekly preview, very short video that basically breaks down the matchups of all eight games um, so that you can have something to listen to and, and sort of um, unpack before the week starts. So that week one preview will be available on the site and on our YouTube and all that stuff before the season as well. Um, and obviously you guys have uh, the big week one preview show coming up on the 30th. Um, so we look forward to providing all that that uh, content and uh, and getting ready for the season because we're almost there. I do have quick two quick questions for you as in regards sure. to the Sharks. Sure. One. I'm not, you know, I'm not. I can't go all the way back to the WAAF, WAFL days. I'm talking all the way back since you've been doing this sim thing. Has any team ever worn the aqua green that we're putting on the sharks? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, you know, believe it or not, it was a team in the WAFL called the Sterling Surge. It was actually owned by Sandy Campbell. He, um. He was the owner before uh, my dad took over the team, before he eventually joined the SFL and moved to the team to Oklahoma City. They were also uh, the, the Sharks. They just didn't call themselves the Sharks, but had a Shark logo. They wore a type of green. I don't think it was aqua green, and that is the closest I can think of of any team that is ever in the history of our league worn aqua. I may be forgetting somebody, but a uh, very unique um, scheme, no doubt, and uh, definitely uh, definitely adding some, some color around the league. Cool. And number two, I want to make sure you got the one change I had posted. Well, there was two, and I didn't see a reply to either one. So it should have been three questions, I guess. Uh, on the DAC stats, it refers to the Shark Stadium as, I right. think it says DHHC. That should be DBHC. Right. We'll get that correct at ASMC. And did you get the player name change for Burley? I don't remember yes. his first name. Yeah, awesome. so so all, all changes, all error reports um, have been made to the regular uh, conference roster files. Um, my my first goal tomorrow is to make all of those error report changes on the cross conference files, um, and then we will be making final preparations, making sure all our all of the playbooks are in order, et cetera, before we start um, before we start uh, banging out some of these games. There we go. Yeah, I'm stoked for that game. The oh, Cleveland City will be fun. Yeah, um, it, it'll be. It, It'll be a good time. I, I will probably do a test, a broadcast test sometime next week, um, you know, just just showing uh, generic teams, you know, but, but with the new Internet and, and with, uh, you know, I'll play with some settings. Uh, because if I can, I mean, if I can in, increase what I'm putting out on the main network with the Internet that I have, you know, if, I, if I'm able to provide you know, 1080p quality. If I'm able to provide 
um, those things with with it looking fine on other people's ends because we've had an issue before of where you know I'm putting out a super high quality uh, stream, but the stream is so high quality that people can't um, properly stream it because their internet can't do the job. Um, now we do have which I don't know how or why they popped up, but we have had video quality player options all uh, during training camp battles, which is fantastic. Um, and obviously, uh, if, if people are having trouble on the highest quality stream, they could, they could lower the quality. Um, we'll, me. Yeah, we'll, we'll play with that. Um, we'll play with that next week at some point because, hey, if, I mean, I, I want to continue to improve the main game that's being broadcasted, and if if what we have in front of us uh, can do that, um, then then we're going to try to do that. So um, I can tell you the uh, the videos that you upload to YouTube look a whole heck of a lot cleaner and crisper than they did last season. Well, well, that's good. It's like, wow. That's that's good. And and a lot of that, a lot of that is OBS. It's a tremendous product. Um, I will, I will give them press until the cows come home because um, we're really happy that we found a a new streaming provider, Um, and we really think that it's gonna it's gonna pay dividends because we, you know, people don't see what we have on the back end, but. But with the uh, SFL in motion coming into town, I mean, we've got tons of graphics and, and large files um, that, that, are, that are loaded up and ready to go at a moment's notice. And um, we've been experiencing some, some very minor issues with them, but nothing um, that should interrupt streams or anything like that. So um, I'm just... I'm just so excited to hopefully blow everybody away on the 31st, and I've been keeping a lot under wraps, um, more so than usual this season, because I, I really think that uh, that we really have an opportunity to knock it out of the park, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to sell it too early. Um, opening night is going to be great. Well, opening night will be a war over here, I'm sure. Um, my son doesn't live with me, but I'm trying to get him around. And so he can argue with his little sister because it's his team versus her team. Right, right. <laughs> he loves her. She loves her Queen City, and he's now the tailback for Cleveland. So it'd be fun to watch him duke it out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time, and and you know it was really hard making the commentary schedule this year more so than ever. It's very hard to look at the schedule and say, ah, eh, that's not really gonna be a very good game. Um, there, it, there's just so many teams now that that have so many, you know, active users and and players and coaches and and just enthusiasm, overall enthusiasm that it's 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 hard to to not be able to commentate every game. Um, it's just not physically possible. Um, I'd be I'd be dead by the end of the week every week. Um, but but it, it's going to be. It's going to make those uh, those main broadcast games even that much more special, um, and and that's what we want. We want people focused. We want everyone who is not playing on SFL two and three to be watching SFL one because it just is the best place to be. 
Um, and uh, we're not we're not in it to get views on two and three. We could care less. We want to show the games live. We want to give everyone a chance to see their player live all season long. But SFL one is where it's at, and I think that's where you're going to see the biggest leap um, from season six to season seven. Yeah, I, I want to let you know now. Uh, August the twenty eighth will be a fun time in my house because you're going to have me, you're going to have the son, you're going to have Eric, which is Stevie T. Diggs, and we're going to war that night, and we're planning on all getting together to watch that game that night. So, <laughs> it's yeah. going to be fun, and we and we can't we can't um, sort of we don't have the numbers to to count. People, you know, I mean, I mean, we've had we've had times where people have, you know, a handful of people over their house to watch the SFL, and it counts as one viewer, you know, right. and and so so we always have to keep in perspective that while you know, like tonight's training camp battle, these training camp camp battle numbers have been have been great, uh, considering that it's generic playbook, considering that there's no commentary or SFL presentation. I mean, that it, it shows you what we're going to be able to accomplish um, when we have all of those things. And, um, and we have to remember, you know, there may, they may, may have been the high of 35 tonight, but we had more than 35 people at some point watching the game. And we also had, you know, people, multiple people, maybe at the same, at the same house watching the game. And that's only going to increase during the season, especially with more families involved and more more you know, friends of friends involved. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see that too. So um, it's it's not it's not all about the high number. But if we don't beat our old record for viewers on opening night, then we failed because we've done so much work to get so many people involved. Uh, you gotta know that the 31st. You know, I don't know what else you're doing on the 31st, but you need to cancel it because. Um, you're going to want to be there. So you heard it. Call off work, people. Call off. Work. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, this, I, I don't want to take up too much of the time. I know it's a season preview show. I, I know you guys want to get rolling on on some predictions and and talking about some things. But uh, if anyone has any questions for me on the work that's been done, what they can expect. Um, you know, anything that's on your mind, I, I know I've been I've been pretty unavailable in the last week just because we've been um you know, getting getting everything up into uh into the new headquarters. Um uh, so oh. if anyone has, has anything on their mind, please uh please feel free to share. Well I want to ask you this question. Of all the new uniform changes, because some teams have changed uniforms, I'm not talking alternates, I'm talking official mm-hmm. main uniforms. Right. Which one are you, do you enjoy the most? Which one do you think is the best one? And I guess you can include the Sharks in that because since we're a brand new team. Sure, and and it's it's hard to um, it's hard to gauge. Now. Well, it's it's hard to gauge because I've only seen one of them. You know, we we're, they I either saw the home or the away. Um, I really like what Carolina has done. Um, I, I think I thought they looked real sharp tonight. Um, and, uh, Shan Varner has talked a lot about, you know, he, he wanted that, you know, we're, 
red, white, and blue, and we want to we want to not be too far to the red or too far to the blue. We want to be, you know, a third, a third, and a third. And I thought they accomplished that quite well. Um, I need to look at my I need to look at my team list here. Um, I can tell um, you this while you look. I think I'm one of the I think I'm in the minority when it comes to the Renegades. A lot of people like the new look, while I do too. I still prefer the old look. Yeah, OKC, OKC has gotten a lot of positive uh, reviews, and and I do I do honestly think that it is a step up. Um, I uh, I think that I think that there are uh, the uniforms as a whole in the league have have improved. Um, I can't say that I, I like Baltimore and and them you know throwing throwing red in and, and going with those alternates because those look really really good. Um, there there are there are any other teams that that super stand out, um, but most of of them are all upgrades, including LA from what San Francisco was wearing last year. I would call that an upgrade. I don't know where Ed went. <laughs> don't know if he has any questions for you or not. Oh, I'm here. I just muted. Darn kids. Yeah. There's nobody asking questions right now, so. Yeah, I know. Everyone, everyone's just geared up for, for starting. You answered them at all. There, there's no more questions. There's just well, the only questions are on the field. Now there's, right. there's not much more to, uh, to to get after. So. And touching um, on your comment of enthusiasm on team channels, I was very pleased to see guys in our team channel throwing bios at you before you even ask for them. Yeah, that's and that's great, and that'll that that's something uh, later this this week. You know, we're talking about um, Friday and Saturday and Sunday. That you know that that'll we'll get all that cleaned up. We'll get all that updated, and and we'll start you know getting those bios in that that aren't in on the site. You know, every everything takes a little bit longer than I expect it to. Um, team pages is is one of them, but the ones that are done, um, I'm I'm pretty pleased with. Um, I think uh, I think I think we've got a good handle on what we want our league to look like um, off the air and on the air, and um, you know it's uh, it's great working with uh, with SFL in motion and and uh, just doing a lot of cool stuff that we've never done before, um, and uh, and the bios the bios are fun, you know it's before. It was it was bios and, and sort of stat followings of of non non user players and now you know these players really can come to life because they're they're making their own bios and that's going to be really fun on broadcast. Here's just a random question because it's something I happen to like stumble upon. Um, next, and this is already jumping past this season. Next off season, are you prepared for that? Because that's going to be a cluster mess. Fun. <laughs> and what well, I mean I can... by that is, you got all these non-drafted rookies, if I'm not mistaken, are going to have the opportunity to re-sign where they are, or mm-hmm. enter the draft. And then that's one step. Step number two: those who don't quote unquote re-sign, and players whose contracts are already expiring. There's some teams that are loaded, and I mean loaded with one year left or one season left on their contracts. Right. They're gonna be looking for a ton of players. And I think off the top of my head Orlando 
if you're not gold, your contract expires this season. Right, right. And I'm just like, three-round draft, maybe more if we're lucky. If all these guys don't resign, we're going to have a huge draft. He's going to need eight, nine guys right from jump. So it's hello, free agency. <laughs> yeah, so so post, post-draft post free agents have forfeited their right to be in the draft by signing a contract. They got the either-or option when they signed. And uh, so they will either re-sign or, be, or enter free agency. Um, okay. any, any player that comes in during the season, again, has the same opportunity. Either they can forfeit their right to be signed and can enter the draft, or they can sign, they, they can get on a team as a, well, I'm sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. They can get on a team as a non-star this year when they come into the league while we're in season. That's in two days. Officially, July 23rd, I stopped getting error reports. We stopped adding players to rosters. The rosters are set, and, and we are officially in season. Um, those guys can, can be non-user players um, and then, uh, you know, and get on with a team. And then I, I can't remember if we – I know the specifics are somewhere, so don't quote me on this, uh, but I think that they um, – I think they have a variety of options. I think they can go into free agency. Um, they can sign with the team that they currently have, or they can enter the draft. Uh, I, the, the ultimate mission is that we get them on the team um, in, in, in some form or fashion and just sort of get them – accustomed to how we operate and, and with a specific organization. And then, and then from that point, uh, uh, we deal with them. And then obviously the, the uh, you know, the, the postseason, um, offseason uh, players that come in and they're eligible for the draft. Um, and, and I'm sure we'll have a lot of those. So um, we're just going to keep filling player slots. We're going to keep rolling how we're rolling. Um, and then we'll address um, we'll address everything uh, when when it comes down to it. You know, we're going to end in in early November, and to stay on the SFL calendar because this SFL season was so long, um, it could it could very well be a very very short off season, um, full of events, and and then season eight. Um, there's there's not a there's not a lot of um, time in between if we want to stay on that you know January June type schedule that that I really think bodes well for our league. Um, you just want to get into season eight real quick. Well, normally we do four months in season, two off, four two. This off season was um, is going to be a little over three months long. It's very long for us. Um, and so it pushed us back. So because this one was very long, to stay on schedule, the, the next one would have to be, you know, a lot shorter than it usually is, which, which people will love because there, there won't be that, you know, I didn't, I hated the whole waiting game that we've been in in the last few weeks. It just was completely unavoidable and nothing I can do. Um, but uh, but you, we should see, we shouldn't see that heading into season eight at all. Um, the only reason why we would is if, you know, we really just aren't prepared to start the season just because we have overwhelming um, support and sign-ups and, and we have to fundamentally um, 
make enhancements uh, to our league to accommodate them. So it's it's a little hard uh, to prepare for the future. We certainly have a plan in place for what we think we're going to get, um, but but opportunities come up every day. Um, new people come in every day, and you just don't know what the type of response is going to be um, to the product that we're putting out um, and how and how quickly people notice. Um, so it's it's all a bit of a mystery, but all I know is that we're getting better, we're getting stronger, we're getting to the point where through everyone's donations, which are always constantly of, you know, appreciation, I mean, we're getting to the point where we're not losing money anymore. We're actually starting to, to, to break even and, um, you know, we're, we're really uh, on the cusp of, of greatness. Uh, I truly believe that and I think a lot of other people do too and, and um, we are, we're going to be ready for the 31st and ready to put on a show. That's what we do. And I wanted to touch on the uh, Forbes article mm-hmm. for a quick second. Uh, I really was glad to see that that happened for the league. But on the back end of that, I hate it. Why is that? Because I was the recruiting machine. They took it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that did a good thing for us. And, and you know, we, we, have a, we have a strategy in place to, you know, we're not doing any recruiting right now. We're not doing any advertising. We're not doing any. We're not uh, showing the documentary to anybody. Everything's basically at a standstill as far as recruiting goes because we don't need more people right now. Um, that would be a disservice to new signups because they, at this oh, moment, <laughs> will, they they will have the longest wait um, uh, of anybody. And so, so we have specific times during the year, uh, during the season, where we plan to aggressively market. And, and get those, those, that next wave of people or that next Forbes article or whatever it may be, um, and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll target them at, at specific points in the year to limit their wait time um, because we don't, the last thing we want is for people to be waiting to the point where they just don't come back. Um, we have to hone them in as soon as they get here, answer all their questions as soon as they get here and and get them on a team as soon as possible and have them seeing themselves on the field as soon as possible. That's the mission. Um, that's, that's what we're doing. And you can see it makes a difference. Baltimore and Carolina was the second highest uh, rated training camp battle game um, aside from opening, you know, the first training camp battle, which everyone was really excited about. Um, and and it's largely due to the fact that Carolina and Baltimore have have are, are two of the most active teams in terms of users um, involved yeah, with those organizations. What's that? And they're two of the teams with the most humans as well. Is what you're right, at. right, yeah, yeah, and that, and that's what I mean. So and and that's that's what we want to see, and and it proves our point and proves our mission that the more people you get directly involved with teams and organizations the better your numbers are because you're, you're, you're getting people invested in, in showing up and, and, and being a part of the event. Um, and uh, so, um, you know, we're, we're, we're right there. We're right there. We're going we're gonna to have a breakthrough season. It's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know if you're seeing Chris Davis's comments, 
But uh, he says, I hope you guys don't mind if I pitch any ideas involving awards. He said, would we have something along the lines of an SFL honors or even the Heisman Memorial presentation? He says, although I do understand the SFL is trying to separate itself from the NFL, it would be a great idea. And he also liked when you did commercial breaks during the games. Yes, as he tells me every time he speaks to me. Um, he, I love you, Chris. Uh, there are no plans for that type of extra content. Of course, with our abilities, um, it would it would it would be easier than ever before. Uh, and I'm going to have to go here shortly in a couple minutes, guys. Uh, so that'll be the last uh, question. But um, uh, it would be easier than ever before to do them. We just don't have plans right now to do them. Um, advertisements are still. Uh, going to be a part of the SFL broadcast. Um, we we stand true to the, the pricing from last season, and we'll uh, start talking about that as as we lead up to games and and during games. Um, we don't think that it's going to be a huge part of our broadcast um, right now, you know, in the present day. But in the future, it could be a very popular way for small companies or, or big YouTube channels or things like that to get the word out about their product because when we can get into the hundreds of viewers, we can finally make appeal to to some form of advertiser um, and, and be able to make, uh, make some good money to invest back in the league in with that. So um, I also have an announcement next week on um, some some fun. That uh, that people are going to be able to have um, relating to to uh, to games um, and, and and sort of getting involved in in all the games in the league, even even though you're not uh, um, you're not currently invested necessarily in those teams. Um, so uh, we're I'm going to roll that out next week, and I don't want to give that away. Um, so we've. Uh, it's going to be an exciting next uh, nine to ten days, and um, you know, uh, I just, I just can't wait, and uh, am excited to have everyone along for the ride. There you go. All right, so so Doug, Doug, you said it's a professional episode tonight. I'm going to get off the air so you can get back to normal. All right. <laughs> is that what it is? Or are you keeping <laughs> us in check? Uh, boom. And before right, you well, take I- off. Before you yeah. take off, I just want to see if you want to throw any type of prediction out there at all. Any type of prediction. Okay. Any type of prediction. Because um, we're going to be giving, me and Ed are going to be giving our predictions based on what we think will be the order to finish. Uh, I don't know if, if we're going deep as far as our playoff predictions or not. We have some ideas. We had some sent to us. If you got anything you want to throw out there that you think may or may not occur, I think the Renegades will be better. How much better they are is the is the big question. Um, I think I think Santa Fe is going to be the most improved team. Did you see Matt Wilson's numbers from that training camp battle? He was something I didn't, like I didn't. like twenty eight of thirty one. He threw right. like three incompletions the whole game. He was so on point, and, and I think that I think that. They're really um, not. They're not the the team of of last year. I th- I think they're going to be a force. Uh, otherwise, you know, everyone's going to be very competitive. Um, I don't know how anyone makes predictions uh, in this league. 
Um, but uh, but but you tr- you try your best. Um, hey, I was number one in the pick'em last year, so. Yeah, yeah, you you have to defend your title this year. Um, okay. All right, guys. That, that, I'm going to say this before you jump off here. After watching all the training camp battles, that's it. Nobody does their playbooks anymore. We all go generic and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I can't watch those bad run plays all season. Um, we got to we got to get those out of there and and get back to to showcasing our talent. Um, all right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, have a great show. Um, and I'm interested to hear back uh, hear back all the predictions and uh, and and hear about all of that. So it's going to be great. Yeah, we appreciate you calling in. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Well. Do we want to bring Alan on the call? Because I know he has probably some predictions for us. He's got the guts to leave them. Oh, bring him on. I want to hear what he has to say. All right, let's get uh, let's get Alan on the call. Coordinator from the Houston Hyenas, J.D. Lawson, but his player. We'll get Alan Jerome in the call right now. <laughs> Alan, you with us? Welcome, guys. After that educational video, it's time to break the fire and get a little entertaining instead of professional around here. All right, let's break the fire. <laughs> oh, I agree. It was too professional right. for me. All right. First and foremost, this is nothing to do with the training camp battle, scrimmages, whatever you want to call them. Uh-huh. That's for generic playbooks. But I did. But there's certain areas that you could see that teams did do a good build and not do a good build. Right. I did see a couple of maybe a maybe five percent of the team that it could be. But but here's my predictions, and I'm gonna start with the Gray Conference because I think. <laughs> I don't think I want to get muted at first, <laughs> but spoilers warning. But let's start with the uh, East Conference. Let's work yeah. our bottom one all the way up. Unfortunately, I think Rocco Marconi's going to go back to his Grand Rapids days, and I got Dallas finishing fourth in the East. Ooh. And. And your boy CBT Jakes can talk all he wants. I got him. I got Cleveland. Cleveland finishing third in the East. Ooh. And and second place. I'm very fond of this team, and I think that, uh, Johnny English is going to have a breakout year. And just because this one team is in the division, I cannot pick them to win the division. But I like Carolina finishing second. I think Carolina's going to be one of the most improved teams this season. Huh. Uh, they got a good staff, Shane and Klein. I mean, they know their football knowledge. Very nice guys. My fellow Car- North Carolinian, Klein, Coach Klein, uh, got a loving uh, coach at North Wilkes High School and uh, well, wherever in Wilkes County, North Carolina, but wherever. <laughs> well, I know he's in West Jefferson about an hour from me, so the closest guy 
we got. But no surprises here in the East. I think a lot of people are going to pick this team to win the East. It's going to be the Louisville Wolfpack. Okay, let's go with the North. I think nothing's going to change. And first and foremost, no disrespect to anybody whatsoever. This is going on from present, from past, this past year season to the offseason and errors that I think could hurt a team and will hurt a team. Okay? Okay. Right. Okay, and the cat. Okay, and the cat. Okay, this could be... But in the north of the Great Conference, uh, no change from last year. Uh, dead bottom's going to be the NYC Sailors. Uh, a lot of people's going to be surprised over this selection. Third place is going to be the DC Dragons. I believe D.C. took a fall last year and really did not improve the roster that much. So I like D.C. finishing third. Second uh, is going to be your defending champions. They were lucky to make it to the championship last year, and I think the Queen City Green Beans will finish second. And I hope your daughter does like Green Beans, duck. No. <laughs> okay, and... and and the North, my expansion team, my first season back in well, summer 14, uh, my ex-arch rivals, not rivals anymore because I'm not with the Maulers, is going to be the Baltimore Crabs. I've been finishing first in the North. Okay, let's go to my conference. <laughs> and no disrespect, uh, Cam, the the Silver Slinger is going to be the Silver Sunker because I, I believe it's going to wind up sinking into, a, into the, the bottom feeders. I have Santa Fe finishing in the south at fourth place. Mm. Okay, the third place team is going to be the Orlando Intimidators. They made the playoff, playoffs last year, and I believe they could still make one of them playoff runs, but I believe there's going to be a lot of teams vying for that final playoff spot. I got Orlando finishing third in the South. Hmm. Not playing favorites here, but Purple Rain will, I think, match a wild card, but I just don't think they're good to beat the number one seed, the Houston Hyenas. I believe bad company is going to rise, and I believe Thanks to y'all for making that trade. The Bruiser's going to be a beast. Like he was in that scrimmage, nope, I believe he's going to not actually average six tackles per game and maybe a sack. I believe he's going to be the next DJ Majesty. Absolutely. And the West, I've got some changes. Originally, I had y'all finishing last, but... Looking at it more, I like OKC still at the bottom. I believe they could win a couple more games. Their division's just way too powerful. And I have them finishing last. Uh, Okay, in third place, 
and Bryant could be vying for a playoff spot between or Orlando. If this could be a flip flop situation. What I think what could hurt y'all, and I'm gonna agree, is the bronze safety. I believe that could hurt y'all in the long run this season. And a lot of people's gonna be surprised over this selection. Number two is gonna be the Minneapolis Mallers. I believe them going with two defensive end and only one star corner is gonna really hurt them this year. I, I you got I know Queen City won the title last year, but you gotta realize they barely finished it over five hundred. And a team I, I think actually is gonna improve uh, that could have won it last year as a solid team is the Sioux Falls Sparrows. I believe they could win the West. I got them finishing first. And before I go, um I'm gonna I'm gonna give my reasons on uh the Santa Fe Gorillas. Why why I think they could improve by a couple games but not that much. I know they got the two gold receivers, but I believe their defense is gonna take a wind up toll. If you look at Baltimore last year, that Baltimore took a hit hard going with one star linebacker. Going six and five in the season and playing in probably the weakest division last year. By all means, barely making a playoff for because they finished in the first in the in the NFC. Well, East of the East. Of the NFC. <laughs> but uh, instead of giving playoff, who could win it all? I would like to give teams that could go all the way. I'd like to give a short list. Louisville, definitely. Baltimore, definitely. Queen City, I give them little odds, but I still give them a shot. Houston, definitely. Tallahassee, probably the same as I would uh, Queen City. I, I, I would like to give them odds. Sioux Falls, definitely could win it this year. And many, well, and Minneapolis is going to be probably my last pick because of the linebacker. And I will say, y'all could jump in for that number two spot. I really believe that. Like I said, I believe y'all setup is a little bit better than, than Minneapolis this year. But I hope you enjoyed my prediction. Like I said, no disrespect to any owners whatsoever. I know there is a well, unheard mention tonight in the chat, but no disrespect, this is totally my guess and just a comparison of last year and this year. But I hope y'all have a great rest of the night, and I can't wait to hear y'all's, hear y'all's predictions before I get some sleep. Oh, yeah, we'll be getting to them here real soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, so any questions for me? Over my predictions. Uh, who's winning the championship? Do you have a prediction? Championship. Or at least who, or at least who well, would be in the game? Well, if I would really have to pick this, right now, my favorite, my favorites right now, if I had to pick a team for money's sake, I would have to pick Louisville. I believe this is their year to shine. But don't... Uh, who but would they be? My heart's saying... 
Houston because I'm a hyena. But I believe it could be Houston and Louisville in the title game. A repeat of the wonderful Teal Conference uh, game when I made my decision a week before. That was my first game cheering for the hyenas. And I believe that could be a preview. And and I will say this, uh, Doug, I know you're not an NBA fan, but I'm ashamed to live in the state of North Carolina and having the All-Star game taken away from me also. You should have been ashamed of living in North Carolina anyway. <laughs> well, I'm a Duke fan, but, <laughs> I, but I hate to say this. this I, no, I'm not talking politics, but I, believe, I feel ashamed having to go with that situation. But I hope y'all have a great night, and I cannot wait to hear some of y'all's predictions. All right, yeah, we're going to read a couple here that were sent to us, and then we'll get to ours. All right. But y'all have a good night. Peace out, guys. Well, those were some interesting picks. Well, yeah. Very interesting. I will say this. There's four divisions, as we know, and one division, his predictions are in the exact same order in which I predicted. So nice. I'll let I'll let everybody know that here in a little bit. Now since we got his picks, uh, you have the lists I believe that were sent to us. If you want to, uh, yeah, I have a few that were sent to us. In whatever order, it doesn't make a difference. Well, I so got them wrote down, there. so we'll, so the way I got them wrote down, that's the way I'll read them. There you go. All right, we'll start with Lou Wolfpack. Lou Wolfpack, ladies and gentlemen. Lou Wolfpack sent this to me. In the East, he's got, I'll go, you know, worst to first. He's got Dallas finishing fourth, Carolina finishing third, Cleveland two, Louisville one. Uh, in the North, he's got D.C. finishing fourth, Baltimore third, NYC two, Queen City number one. In the South, Houston finishes fourth. Tallahassee, third. Orlando, two. He's got Santa Fe winning the division. And in the West, OKC finishing fourth. Sioux Falls finishing third. LA, two. Minneapolis, number one. And that's all he had. He didn't go any further than that. Wow. That's, that's all I got to say about his. his wow. That, that's his prediction. I'll let that sink in for just a second. And then we'll go to TJ. And he had Queen City finishing which where where was it? Say Queen City he had Queen City winning the division. Alright, so Queen City wins the division and the team they beat for the championship, Houston, he's got them finishing last. Last in, in the their South. division, yes. And Santa Fe winning the division, which is the exact opposite of what Allen just told us. Because he had Houston one, Santa Fe four. Mm-hmm. Alright. Alright, now the next one I got was from T J, who is the owner of the Baltimore Crabs. Baltimore Crabs owner, TJ. This would be his picks, ladies and gentlemen. All right, he's got <laughs> Dallas finishing last in the division. Carolina third. Cleveland second. Louisville first. In the north, Queen City finishing last. Huh. NYC third, D.C. second. Baltimore number one. Uh, in the south, Orlando finishes last. And Tallahassee at third, Santa Fe number two, Houston wins the division. <laughs> and in the West, OKC 
finishes last. Sioux Falls third, LA two, Minneapolis number one. I will go into more because he sent me a whole lot of stuff here. All right, in the gray conference, Louisville will be the number one seed. Cleveland, the number two seed. Baltimore, the third seed. D.C., the fourth seed. Then in the teal, Minneapolis gets the number one seed. Houston, number two. Santa Fe, number three. L.A., the fourth. And he has it broke down like this. Louisville will beat D.C. Baltimore beats Cleveland. Minneapolis beats L.A. Santa Fe beats Houston. And sorry about my kids screaming, if you can hear them. But, uh, he doesn't like the predictions. I guess not. <laughs> All right. Then in the championship games, Louisville beats Baltimore, Santa Fe beats Minnesota, and Louisville wins it all over Santa Fe. That is TJ's predictions. Any thoughts on that? Nope. Any anybody in the in the chat have any thoughts? Um, not today. Oh. Nope, not really. All right, all right, guys. This next one you got to bear with me because I had Doug call me. Hold on for just a second. I got to go deal with my kids, and then I will read this thing to you. He's dealing with that. Some interesting uh, predictions, so far to say the least. There's a few conferences, or divisions rather, that you can see that are kind of in the same ballpark, and some of these divisions are all over the place. So, not the same divisions I feel are going to be the tougher divisions. So, all right, I'm back. Sorry, I had to deal with my sons. No big deal. I was keeping everybody informed and letting them know some of these divisions are all over the place, and some of them are pretty much in the same ballpark with these predictions. All right. This one here is from Jason, the owner of the Sparrows. Yeah, Super Bowl Sparrows, Jason McGee. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was a joke. When, it sent it, when he sent it to me, but obviously it wasn't, so this is his predictions. All right, we're going to start with the East. Now, I will tell everybody this before I start. He picks who finishes where, what their record's going to be, and who they will get beat by. So he's got all this. And here we go. In the East, Carolina goes 5-7. and seven. And they lose to D.C., Santa Fe, Sioux Falls, Baltimore, Louisville, Queen City, and Louisville again. All right. Cleveland finishes third at 6-6. They lose to Queen City, Orlando, uh, Minneapolis, L.A., D.C., and Louisville. Dallas finishes second. Finishing seven and five, losing to Sioux Falls, Louisville, Queen City, D.C., and Cleveland, and winning the division with a record of ten and two, Louisville, and their only losses are to Minneapolis and Queen City. 
Now I'll let that sink in for a second before I go to the next division. Any thoughts, any comments? Well, I'll say this. And kudos to Jason for including records. And not only records. Telling us who they, he feels going to lose to who. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, here we go. We're going to the north. Where he has the NYC Sailors going 0 and 12. He said they will lose to everyone. I, I, I want to know your thoughts on that real quick before I go to the rest of this. NYC going 0 and 12. How do I even begin to even mention this? Um, without giving away my predictions, um, by looking over his team build, looking at where he has spent money on abilities, things in that nature, looking at the schedule. Um, 0-12, I don't buy it. I can't see a team not winning a game, but I can see him having double-digit losses, maybe. I don't want to say that because that's just horrible for me to say, but his schedule is just ridiculous. I mean, he's playing Queen City twice. Cleveland, who's improved greatly. Louisville, Baltimore, D.C. Those teams I just mentioned are his last six games of the season. He has his hands full the last six of the weeks for sure. The front six. Tallahassee's tough. Sioux Falls was tough last year. Carolina's got the best running back in the league, in my opinion, and Johnny English. Dallas is a huge question mark with the four wide receiver set. I mean, that could be a nightmare for people. We don't know what it's going to bring to the table. And we don't know what OK's doing to improve. And and then you got Santa Fe with the silver slinger, the double gold receivers. It's a tough stretch. So 0-12, I still can't buy that, but I can see him struggling. What the hell was that? I swear I just heard an alien talking. Oh, I, Alan is still on the call. I, I, don't, he, I don't think he realizes it. Oh, I'll mute him. <laughs> and then again, now that you said that, uh, maybe that's why it sounded like an alien, because I heard, oh, man, man, man. All right. Now, finishing third in the north, he has Queen City. They're going 6-6. Six and six. They will lose to Baltimore, L.A., Houston, Minneapolis, D.C., Dallas. Hmm. Dallas finishes second. Seven and five. They lose to Louisville, Santa Fe, Sioux Falls, Baltimore, and I don't know why I wrote. And Dallas. I'm sorry, DC. That's where I said. Not Dallas. DC. (laughs) DC finishes second. There we go. Yeah. DC finishes second. Seven and five. They lose to Louisville, uh, Santa Fe, Sioux Falls, Baltimore, and Dallas. But then he has Baltimore. Finishing first, they also finished second and five. That's because we love you, Alan. We forget to and name. it's and Baltimore is going to lose to Louisville, Minnesota. Well, you know, Minneapolis, but it's still easier to say Minnesota. Houston, Dallas, DC. Well, we can say like yeah, Minneapolis, Minneapolis. I can't even say it like he does. That's hilarious every time he says okay. Minneapolis. Okay, I only have I have one question here. Uh huh. Because now that I'm looking at, because I got it all wrote down. Mm-hmm. If they both finish seven and five, and he has Baltimore losing to DC, wouldn't DC then win the division? 
Possible. Okay, I'm just just you know I'm just saying it, that could be that could happen. You know, since you know, he has them be, and they're finishing with the same record, you would. Any thoughts, comments on that division? Not for me. All right. Anything from anybody in the chat? Doesn't appear so. All righty. Here we go. We're going with the South. He has Tallahassee finishing in fourth at one and eleven, and doesn't give any explanation why. He doesn't pick the. He, that, it's just one and eleven. Tallahassee going one and eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only thing that would make me think why he would do that is because having one star receiver must make him think that's going to hurt them. That's the only justification I can find for that. All right. Uh, Orlando. I agree with it, but okay. <laughs> okay. Orlando finishes third, five and seven. They lose to uh, Sioux Falls, Baltimore. Uh, let's see. Queen City, L.A., uh, Minneapolis, uh, Santa Fe. Yeah, that's uh... okay. Houston finishes five and seven, and they finish second. And they lose to Santa Fe, Louisville, Cleveland, Santa Fe again, L.A., Sioux Falls, Minneapolis. And then he has Santa Fe finishing first in the division at ten and two, losing only to Dallas All and Fall. Right. <clears throat> wow. Any comments on the South? <laughs> Any comments on anything so far? I will use Ronnie Nickens' statement about yeah, the that's whole crazy. division. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, here we go. The West. Okay, see. One and eleven. Doesn't give any rhyme or reason why, just like what he did with Tallahassee. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Does he state who they're going to beat? Nope. Does he show who they're losing to? Nope. All right. He just has them both Tallahassee and OKC, one and eleven. All righty. All right, he has L.A. finishing third at 7-5. and 7-5 and, and, and third. That's crazy. And says that L.A. will lose to Sioux Falls, Louisville, Baltimore, Santa Fe, and Minneapolis. All right, Minneapolis finishes second at 9-3. and three. They lose to Santa Fe and Sioux Falls twice. And finishing in the West at first and going undefeated, 12-0. and He picks his own team to go 12-0 and with the hashtag, we will hurt you. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, this could be, be a joke. I'm not sure, but, hey, he sent it to me. So, you know, I said I'd be a man of my word and read everybody's predictions on it. Air, no matter how crazy it may be, but there you go. He is picking his team to go undefeated, and I'm. You know what? I'm throwing it out there now. I don't usually do this, but I'm doing this one. 
I'm guaranteeing it. All right? I will guarantee it. They will not win that first game. <laughs> oh, man. See what you just did? Just made a prediction. All right. And then I got this one from Brevin Armstrong. Brevin Armstrong. Louisville, he, I believe. He went. He picked basically just the winners of the divisions. He picked who would be in the conference finals and who would be in the championship. Okay. Uh, he's taking Louisville to win the East, D.C. to win the North, Houston to win the South, and the Sharks to win the West. All right. His gray conference final will be Louisville versus Queen City. His teal final will be Houston against Minneapolis. And in the championship, he has the Wolfpack versus the Maulers and the Wolfpack for the win, baby. That's what he wrote. That's what so. <laughs> so the oh, yeah. two predictions you've read, the guy who was making the predictions has predicted his own team to kick butt. <laughs> Pretty much. All righty. And that's all the ones that were sent to me. Just to recap in the chat room, uh, Jason's crazy, thanks to Ronnie Nickens. Uh, Chris Davis says, shaking my head, Jason, be on something. So, yeah. (laughs) So that gives us down to just two sets of predictions. And instead of giving mine and you giving yours, we'll just go division by division and we'll do it together. Sounds good to me. And we'll just do the same order, east, north, south, west, like we've been going. So we'll start right. with east. So we do a drum roll, who we're picking to finish last. And because I have I, some things for some of my picks. So. I don't have any rhymes or reason. I, I just looked at different things and then just, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole why I did this, why I did that. But I'm taking Dallas to finish last in the division. I am picking Carolina to finish last in the division. All righty. So, just for real quick, since we're picking these two teams to pick, finish last, why are you picking Dallas to finish last? I just don't think he's going to get that four wide receivers to work. No. I can see why. I, uh, I, I think that's going to hurt him. I know his defense. I, I know he's pretty good with the defense because he proved it last year. I just don't think that four wide receiver is, is going to work. I think it's going to hurt him. So just for that is why. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to let everybody know while we're picking teams to finish last to the best that we can describe. And the same with first place. The second and third place teams will just skip over it. So to touch on why I'm picking Carolina to finish last, and I'm sure some people might agree with me once they hear my reasoning, is the SFL is an offensive-heavy league. There's no question about that. They got the best running back in the game in Johnny English at gold and a silver quarterback. They have everybody abreast at Browns. Everybody else is at bronze. That being stated... Double gold corners, double silver linebackers, and the defensive end at silver. They have gone defensive heavy 
when my experience with this league, no matter how good your defense is, it can get beat by a good offense. I don't think they have enough offensive firepower to stay in games with teams that have the weapons, despite the loaded defense. has my statement, defenses can get beat by a good offense. That's my reason. All right. All right. Third place in the well, East. I have, I have Carolina. I have Dallas. <laughs> so we flip-flop on that. All right. Mm-hmm. Second place in the East, I got Cleveland. I got Louisville. I got Louisville winning the division. Obviously, you got Cleveland. So, Mm -hmm. reason for picking Cleveland? It's real simple. Okay. Stevie's got a whole season to play with that. Yeah. He's already already proven what he could do with limited, limited amount of games. He's got a whole season now. Okay, I got a quick question for you. How much did Ronnie pay you to say that? I'm not going to discuss that. No, <laughs> no. but yeah, he he went uh, four and two I, I, as an offensive coordinator. So yeah. No, I, honestly, I, I believe that. I believe now that he's got a full season, it, it's, the sky is the limit for that team. And and that's the team so excited and so ready and so so yeah. Well, let's throw this information in then. During the off season, he was hired as co-owner, which That's means true. I'm sure he was in on some decision making, which would mean you would assume offensive for sure to make guys fit his scheme. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I can say this, and I told you I said we were going to talk about second and third, but it was because of Mario Savage why I'm picking Louisville. Because I don't know what that guy's capable of. He's a big mystery to me. But I know what Louisville can do. And let's be honest, they've had two seasons in the league. They've lost week one both years. And they never lost again the regular season. True. So when you have stats like that and another team's got a coordinator mystery, I couldn't go with the sure thing in Louisville. So that's how I made my decision. But, yes, I'm right. on the same page with you when it comes to Stevie having the whole off season and building a playbook and everything, and I'm sure him and Ronnie have been working together. So, yeah, but that could be fun seeing them two go at it. So, just to recap, I have Louisville, Cleveland, Dallas, Carolina. You got Cleveland, Louisville, Carolina, Dallas. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we'll go to the north. Who you got finishing last? Sailors. I agree. And just to touch on the reason why I have them going in that position is, as I was stating when you asked me about the 0-12, the number of abilities on some players, the build itself, the silver kicker still baffles me. He might know something we don't. Uh, And the silver running back always scares me. I don't know why, but it does. And he's got the bronze defensive end, and I think defensive ends are a mystery right now for me. Some people know about him. I still don't know. So that scares me off of that team a little bit. Plus, he struggled a little bit last year. But he, like Stevie, has had a whole offseason to figure it out. And I don't expect it to be the same offense. And I know I had stated last year I expected this team to be a team to make some noise. 
after seeing the build, where the abilities are spent, I'm sitting back saying, hmm, I don't know so much as I thought I did. So I'm picking him to finish last in the division, so. And I'm sure you're going to echo most of what I just said. That, and I have one other statement, and I'm sure other people will agree with me, and he may get a little upset over what Uh I'm about to say. But to me, his heart's not in it. And I'm, no, I'm sure he's going, oh, it isn't. No, it's not. Your heart is not in it. When you make the comments you make in all the chats and all the channels, uh, I think I'm going to wing it. Uh, I think I'm going to do this. A guy who's serious, don't make comments like that. A guy who really wants to be here doesn't, make, doesn't do stuff like that. I, I just don't think he's, I don't think his heart's in it anymore. And I think that's going to be his downfall. Okay. All right. Now, third place, who you got? I got the DC Dragons. And I agree. Uh, Second place, who you got? Queen City. And I agree. And we both got Baltimore winning it. And this is the division I was talking about earlier that I completely agreed with Alan. Turns out you have the exact same picks. So this is the North Division, and all four of us have said NYC, D.C., Queen City, Baltimore. And that's going worst to first, so we're both picking Baltimore to win. Uh, so whatnot. So uh, your reasoning for picking Baltimore. To win the division, I just think I think TJ knows what he's doing. I think he's got a plan. I think they're going to execute that plan, and I just think they're going to be better than they were last year. Well, here's what I say. Now, I'm going to say this real simple. Everybody loves to talk about Rocco Marconi and the Mahler's offense last season. It was so prolific. Mm-hmm. But go look at the numbers. This was the team that dominated the passing game. This is the team who dominated the passing game. I had to say that twice. And they did it with a silver quarterback. When you got a gold receiver, silver receiver, plus the gold running back and come back then with the silver receiver who's on point most of the time, it makes you very dangerous. And now he's got all these human players He's got other personnel that aren't even players, like presidents and everything working with his staff. He's got so many minds working together that it's either going to be a very, very good thing or there's going to be too many heads bumping. But I believe that those that he has around him know what they're doing. Uh, I've made it perfectly clear before. Had Mike Osive still been on the board, he'd have been our pick in the first round. He's the assistant offensive coordinator with that team, and I love to give heavy hitter 55 to shit a lot, but he's the team president, and he he's a very good guy. He knows what's going on. So, And there's other pieces there. To me, this team just is a complete package. And they have two bronze free safeties to go along with the silver strong safety, which shows you that's a lot of nickel and dime packaging. And if we know anything about the nickel and dime packaging, if you know at least as much as Lou Wolfpack does, It'll be a dangerous defense. Yep. So that's was my reasoning for picking 
Baltimore. I just like the build a lot. I like what they did last year. I think the team has improved. The staff has improved. And now the human players are involved. They love this team. So, yeah. And then, like I said, Dazzler's made everybody he's worked with good. D.R. Singh was the man. He went on to Houston. He made Elijah Bishop the man. He came to us, but we've since left him go. He made Demetrius out that the man. He's now in Dallas. So, you know, all these wide receivers became the man because of one Mike Dazza. So, yep. I guess we move on to the teal and go into the South Division. All right. What do you got here? I got Tallahassee. Fourth. Well, due to who's in the chat room, he's going to yell. I got Santa Fe. Fourth. Well, you got Santa Fe fourth, huh? Okay. I do. Now, your reasoning for Tallahassee being fourth. You fear the same star receiver. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty much it. I I just don't... Like you said, it's it's an offensive-heavy league, and just having that one receiver, I just don't think that's going to be enough. I mean, he could prove me wrong, which, you know, and I hope he does. But well, to his credit, in his training camp battle, his non-star receiver, Jefferson, he was on point. He, wow, you'd have thought he was a star player. I mean, he worked. Now, again, this is generic stuff. You would assume, Frank, he knows what he's doing. You would assume if Jefferson can get going with the generic, he'll get him going even more. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I hope he proves me wrong. Right. Well, here's my reasoning for picking Santa Fe last. The double goal wide receiver. While it sounds good in theory, I don't like it. I don't like it. The bronze running back. It always freaks me out. And the running game last year they had wasn't that great. Um, their defense is all secondary heavy, with the one linebacker. And I'm not a fan of kickers and punters, but I can see where they could be very valuable. And they got the bronze kicker. But the two silver safeties, I like that. Got Colin Douglas at gold corner. But then at bronze, silver corner, I'm sorry, the bronze corner, and then the bronze inside linebacker. The overall build, I don't like it. Now I'm sure Ramos can get it going. Colin's over there, and that's another thing why I'm picking him fourth, because Colin came in late. So, I don't know how much time he had to figure out that defense. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, who you got finishing third? Santa Fe. Santa Fe. I got Tallahassee. So, yeah. So, we flip up. And it's kind of based on your your statement of the single receiver. It kind of worried me. But at the same time, after what I saw in the training camp battle, I wouldn't be surprised if he's more impressive than I thought. All right, who you got second? Houston. So do I. And I got Orlando winning in, and obviously you do too. Yep. And why'd you pick Orlando? Two reasons. Okay. What I saw during that... uh, scrimmage with the generic playbook their running back is unfreaking believable and right. 
they give Houston all kinds of fit. You and I have talked about that a lot, how they give Houston fits. So and DeMond, that's why I'm, that's why I'm and DeMond has gone on credit himself. He has stated that's the team that gave him the most trouble. He has said that to us himself on Inside the SFL. The Orlando Intimidators gave him the biggest problems last year. So to feed off that, yeah, there's no question Zach Parker has the most abilities of any player in the league based on contract structure if you look at it, which would show he has five. Yep. Okay, he proved how unstoppable he can be in a generic playbook in the training camp battle. On top of that, he's got a gold quarterback with two silver receivers. And during that training camp battle, I noticed his three bronze linebackers are pretty stout. Yeah. I like the team build. I like the strength where it's set up, where it's at. And this is a team, and I tried to check my history, and I could be wrong, but this is a team who's missed the playoffs once since the inception of this entire league. He's made it every single year this league has been around but one, and we're entering season seven. So he's five out of six. He's got a championship under his belt. He knows what he's doing, you know. And the other three guys are relatively new owners still. If I'm not mistaken, all three of them last year was their second year as owners. So if I'm not mistaken, somebody might be able to quote me if I'm right or wrong on that one. So that there can also help pay dividends for Orlando. Checking to see if we haven't commented any of these statements, but we do not. So let's move on to the West. Yeah. Who you got finishing last? Oklahoma City. I agree. And I hate to put them last because I'm a big fan of Mike. Like I said, I say that every time we talk about him. Mm-hmm. But once he hired Taco, he doomed himself. No, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> you didn't have a choice. The, you have a choice. <laughs> yes. Again, for those of you who do not know who Taco is, that is baby brother. He is the outside linebacker for them, bronze outside linebacker. But no, in all seriousness... Um, I feel I have a good grasp on this team and what makes it click after working with it last year for for four well for last season for four weeks. Um, I helped turn that offense around greatly. The defense he couldn't just quite figure it out, but I'll go on record now. He knew the error of his way against Houston in the final week. He knew exactly what it was immediately. Had he not put that in there, OKC wins that game. 60-something to maybe 20-24. And that's no joke. That's no exaggeration. That's fact. Now he's had all season to take that, what he figured out that night, put it into play. Will it work? He's testing with the defensive end, in my opinion. He added a fullback. I have ideas of where he's going with the fullback based on our statements from last season, but we'll see. But I still got to pick him fourth based on the whole division. And you're picking him fourth. Why? Well, same thing I've been telling you. Same thing I've been saying. Same thing I'm going to keep saying. But you're not there. I, yeah, I might be a little biased, but everybody can see it. I don't know if he can get that offense to do the same thing that you got it to do. Uh, it. And he's admitted himself he struggles with the defense, and he really struggles with the offense. So 
We'll see. Well, to him, I'm sure he's obviously hoping he can return that team back to his original ways when he took over. Because this is a guy who made the playoffs and I believe the championship game the first two years of the league's inception. So he's been there, done that. He knows what he's doing. But it's just shown the growth of this league. As the owners have come in and teams come in, the level of competition is just through the roof. So, all right. We'll move on to third. Who you got? Uh, sorry, I was on mute. I'm going to beat my sons. <laughs> I have the same issue. Who you got in third. third in the division? The Sparrows. I agree. I have them third as well. I have them third as well, and I'm going to say this, and I have to talk about them, just because Jason has them going 12-0. He picks himself going 12-0, and we know why. So, Since he wants to pick himself going 12-0, I'm going to break this team down for everybody. And I don't want to hear generic playbook anything when I get into that part of my statement. So I'll just go there first instead of waiting. Tyrese had yeah. four interceptions that night. Four with a generic playbook. Now I'm sure with a regular playbook, he's going to perform a lot better. You know, I'm, I'm sure of that. But the fact of the matter is, when you're throwing four interceptions, it shows there might be a build issue, in my opinion. Could there be a situation where OKC secondary is just that gosh darn good? The numbers tell you from last year his defense was only good enough for ninth, which is best of the bottom half. So that answer is no. Number two. Number two. His defense was horrifying last year. Worse than in the league until the final week of the season, and that was when OKC's defense got torched by Houston, but won the game. Uh, 62-58, I think it was. doesn't matter. But to get to the point, he added three linebackers, Kirk Marquez, Gage Wilson, and Mike Doss. All four maxed ability bronze linebackers. He feels this is going to make a huge difference. I 100% feel it's going to make a huge difference. But, that being stated, his offense just went... Because when you cut a five-ability gold running back, and we've already touched on this with Parker at Orlando, and you replace him with a converted wide receiver, and he is going to carry two abilities as a silver, you have to rely on the interception-happy Julian Tyree to carry your team. That scares me if I'm him. That scares me if I'm with that team. Now, they might have figured it out, but that's just my opinion based on looking at the build and what I've seen in training camp battles and everything else. And I think you echo most of that. Oh, yeah. I can't can't disagree with any of that. That's just my only, my only thoughts on that. But I believe he can, he can possibly prove us wrong, obviously, because he proved last year... He can win games. I think he was eight and four last year, so. So all right. So who you got going to? In the division. LA. And I agreed. And we both have Minneapolis winning. Yep. The division. Now we heard Allen touch on the defensive ends. We heard Allen touch on the single corner. And I say this. This is T Pat. This is Minneapolis. All he does is win 
I mean, they can take the Tim Tebow song and change it to T-Pat's name. All he does is win because that's what he does. And if he's yep. going to run with two defensive ends, and in that training camp battle, both guys got a sack with a generic playbook. That tells me they're probably both going to be even more intimidating with the real playbooks. Uh, he's got the best return man in the league. Okay. He maintained Ashley Odom, who was the better of the corners last year. He's better than that J.D. Lawson guy. Uh, <laughs> yes, Alan, I'm taking a shot at you. But the double silver wide receivers played phenomenal with Marconi. Marconi's now gone. Mac Wavy Jr.'s in it. He's got, without a doubt, the most handsome running back in the league. Uh, oh, Lord. <laughs> the stiff on the strumming I have already said that. The stiff arm extraordinary. Yeah, that's it. That's how he said it. But, uh, you know, T-Pat, and this is not just because it's my player. I'm being honest here as an analyst, if you will. Was you can make your running back the leading receiver in the entire league, and that guy still run for over 1,000 yards. That's a dangerous offense. Highly dangerous offense. And he's got the silver receive, uh, safety and the gold safety. This comes back with a silver linebacker. And so the build defensively has people going, huh? But until you beat him, you can't pick against him. So that's the way I looked at that. And your reason for picking him number one? Pretty much the same. Everybody will say the same. It's T-Pat. I mean, <laughs> how, do you, how do you pick against him? You just can't until, like you said, until somebody beats him, you, you can't. Right. Well, I have to ask you this. Did you take the time to determine playoff seeding yep. and where teams would finish? Yep. All right. Just in... In order, and go in reverse order like we've been doing. Four through one. What is your gray conference playoff teams? Who are the four through one? Queen City is four. Mm. Louisville is three. Vipers two. Baltimore one. Mm. I have Cleveland four. I have Queen City three. I have Baltimore two. And I have Louisville one. And what do you have it looking like in the West? Uh, I have Maulers 1, Sharks 2, Intimidators 3, Houston 4. I have to excuse that. He went 1 through 4 this time. That's right. I did. <laughs> I did. For me, I have Sharks 4, Houston 3, Minneapolis 2, Orlando 1. And did you, you make go. your playoff game predictions? Of course I did. All right. Let's go with the gray. Two versus three. Who is it and who wins? Let's see here. I got Cleveland beating Louisville. Cleveland beats Louisville. And the other one is one versus four. Who you got? I got Baltimore beating Queen City. All right. Here's what I got. My two versus three is Baltimore and Queen City, and I have Baltimore winning. And my one and four is Louisville and Cleveland, and I took Cleveland. So if I'm not mistaken, in our great conference championship, we both have Cleveland and Baltimore. Yep. 
and I have Cleveland at Baltimore. What would yours be? Okay. Who's, who's uh, the higher seed for you again? Yeah, Baltimore was is the higher yeah. seed. So, and both our predictions right now, which we did not know either of predictions, we both have Cleveland at Baltimore in the Great Conference Championship. All right. To the teal. Who you got? Three versus two. Who is it? Let's see. I'm sure I got this right. Yes. Well, while you look, I have Houston at Minneapolis. All right. I have Orlando at Los Angeles. I have, yeah, yeah, I have Houston at Minneapolis, and my four versus one is L.A. at Orlando. <laughs> and I have, well, I have, I have uh, Houston at, at Minneapolis. Yeah. Okay. So who you got winning your two games? Uh, LA and Minneapolis. Right. I got Minneapolis defeating Houston, and I have Orlando defeating us. So my Teal Conference Championship game is Minneapolis at Orlando. So our great conference. Mine, mine would be uh, LA at Minneapolis. All right, so let's go back to the gray. We both agreed Cleveland at Baltimore, who was winning and going to the championship. I took Cleveland. I took Baltimore. Okay. All right, and then the teal, who you got? Minneapolis. I have Orlando. I originally had Minneapolis until after the training camp. Battles were over, and it really broke everything down. So and I now have Orlando playing Baltimore. And you have Cleveland and Minneapolis. Yep. And who's winning the championship? Did you do that? I got the Vipers. You got the Vipers beating Minneapolis in the championship. Yes, I do. And I have Baltimore, Orlando, and I took... Baltimore over Orlando in the championship. So we both have that Cleveland-Baltimore game. And the team we picked to win that championship game is who we took to win the whole league. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's... Well, one of us could be right and one of us could be wrong. Or we could both be wrong. Who knows? <laughs> now we got Destro, uh, Chris Davis, um, X-Factors in there, which is Ronnie Nickens. Nobody's made a comment during these whole entire predictions, and if they have, my chat room has stopped from working. So I don't know if they have any comments on these things. And Alan is still on the call. And Alan, if you can hear me, if you went back on the call, let me know. If you want to give me and add your opinion on what you just heard us say, I can unmute you. Yeah, the last thing I have on my in my chat is when uh, Destro logged back in. Same here. Okay. So, yeah, it's not... This is episode 23, by the way, for those of you who are just curious. Um, now Guest 12 logged in. I don't know who that is. So, uh... As we wait to see if Alan wants unmuted or we get any comments on these predictions. Sure. That's Alan. He said sure. 
Oh, okay. I'll unmute him here in a second. We, as we sit, are ten days away from the games beginning. They begin on the 31st. We don't play till the 4th. Do you feel upset that we have to wait the extra few days? <laughs> yes, I am upset. Oh, man. Okay, let's go find Alan in the chat room and unmute him. All right, Alan, you're back. Hey, guys. Welcome welcome to part two while I was doing my NFL 2K3 roster update. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Alan Drum, the sequel. <laughs> well, I was just doing some 2K3 roster updates, but um, I want to add a little bit more about Baltimore. Um, this guy, uh, if you know Big Mike, you know, you got Mike Dazza, and you got the Mike, the new wide receiver. He goes by Eagle Fan Double Seven. This guy came in as a rookie and is currently two and one in CAG League games. This dude is brand new to the CAG thing, and I believe offensively this dude could wind up helping TJ. And also, uh, with my RX, uh, it's a guy that we tried to get as our defensive coordinator, which wouldn't work as planned, but I believe his coordinators have a lot to do with his team most likely being more successful this year. Like, you know, when he built a crew for season one and they went all the way to the up, upset over L.A., well, Sam Fran at the time. Um, but I was gonna, I was gonna ask you though: Does Tallahassee got a star tight end? That last part. Uh, does Tallahassee got a star tight end? They have two. They have two bronze oh. tight ends that are both four max ability players. Well, the the last team to do that, a comparison team, a comparison team. To do that, well, they had a gold running back and a gold tight end by the name of James Cooley was Grand Rapids in their last season, and they struggled mightily when they had a stout defense against Baltimore and New York at the time, New York Knights. They struggled mightily against the top team. Well, we were just asked. We were just asked about Tallahassee in the chat room, and I'll mention this, and you can give an opinion on it. And that was, y'all no, don't think the pride defense holds the score down. They're going to perform a lot better than Grand Rapids did with the – well, they they didn't have a receiver. and At the time, there were only 10 guys at the time, and they decided to go with a gold running back and a guy that was one of the best players – and future Hall of Famer and David Baja and James Cooley, and that was their start, Sajraco Marconi. And to tell you the truth, the offense literally killed them from from competing. Because because, uh, I I, I believe they went four and, I believe, three and five that season in summer 14. But if you if you look at the videotape, 
that would probably be the closest resemblance to the Tallahassee Bills. Because they had the star defense. Well, they had a bunch of linemen on their team. But I'll tell you, um, when we were playing Grand Grand Rapids, the the star defense literally was just dumbfounded by Baltimore back then. And that's when T-Pat was actually the coordinator, uh, head coach of Baltimore at the time, and we just rolled through them. And to tell you the truth, when I was scouting through that, I mean, that could be really hurtful for Tallahassee. And I see where they could finish last with that. Like I said, they do got that star receiver, and but depending on a gold running back will literally kill you. And also to add for Santa Fe, like I said, I'm not disrespecting anybody. There has not been a team since San Francisco in summer 14 to go to a championship game. And that was the most biggest upset in the history when San Francisco went to the championship game in summer 14. I wish y'all could relive and just watch those, watch that game. That was the biggest. If you think Baltimore and Minneapolis was the biggest upset, it was San Francisco over Baltimore. You had an undefeated team and a barely team that made the playoffs with a bronze running back that went by Michael Irving. This is when San Francisco was actually a decent team. They weren't good. They were decent. And actually, they came one possession away from winning the SFL title that year over Queen City, or New York at the time. But to tell you the truth, a bronze running back really kills team, and with this new 12 star setup, it's going to really hurt Santa Fe, I believe. And when I was adding the the thing, like I said, I know T-Pat's going to be wind up hard in the beat, but I believe with the protégés of me and you, that teams are going to wind up finding a way to beat him. They were, I mean, T.J. knocked at the door last year. Well, Queen City knocked us off at one time, but what everybody probably knows, we threw that game. <laughs> Sorry to you, that if I gave you a shot, but but when Baltimore outsmarted Minneapolis, I believe the defensive end, the corners, it, it won't hurt Minneapolis going for a playoff spot to like rock bottom, but. I see them losing more games than people project. You got LA playing them. You got Sioux Falls playing them. You got a lot of these good teams. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Louisville plays them. I mean, Minneapolis could go up seven five. Uh, that's above five hundred. That's what I was thinking with Minneapolis, because you got. I mean. Everybody thought Baltimore was unstoppable, but when when uh, Baltimore went with that bronze, well, okay, it was happening in winter fourteen. The winter fourteen, winter fifteen, Baltimore Crabs, when Eddie Gage got hurt. Then Baltimore, they went. I don't count winter. Well, please, I'm. Let me see. I no summer fifteen. 
I don't count that year. You had too many injuries to tell which one was the better team that season. But if you look back at the winter 15 Baltimore Crabs, and when TJ took that other linebacker out that season, Baltimore barely went over 500 last year. You had Queen City with one corner. Queen City has won three titles. So you got to realize Queen City's a big dog. But with going with one corner, your record is not going to be 12 and 0. I believe it's going to be more medium 500 range and squeaking into the playoffs. That's what my intake was. What are your comments on that hound right there? Go ahead, Ed. Oh, sorry, I had to mute. Kids were freaking out again. Uh, I just got an education. I know that. I'm learning stuff about this, but, you know, that didn't – I mean, I knew some. Mm-hmm. I, every time every time Alan gets on, I learn more. It's pretty cool. A lot of a lot of people don't realize that actually came well to give you a little history how the SFL started with CAG. CAG, well, I always thought it was a user league. When I joined CAG back a couple years ago, uh, back when CAG 32 came in, it was me, San Antonio, Corky, and Doctor Sam that came in. Well, at the time. Uh, we all competed in our first season. I won two games my first season. Did not make the playoffs, but I did win two games. But my, I only made the playoffs once in CAG, and that was my fifth season where I went to the second round against extra and shooting. It was a total murder. But SFL grew new towards CAG. TJ just found CAG. I mean, TJ was looking at the SFL and really competed with a guy named Logan Foster uh, to revive the Chicago Ghost out of the, the WAFL, whatever it was called back then with the NCAA team builder thing. But what really happened was Baltimore came into existence. The, the staff setup was TJ the owner. You had... Tom Thomas Tabert Patternetti as the head coach. Then you had Vertigo coming in to a guy named Vertigo. If you ever seen how many championships he won, he was a huge New England Patriots fan. He would use the Patriots every time in CAG. He's he's not he's somewhere located in Virginia. You could probably still find his aircraft videos, his aircraft simulator. He was very talented on those. But then you then he brought then T J brought me in around week three of the summer fourteen season. That summer fourteen season was really a fun season. That was the first time that a expansion team was added. And Baltimore in Baltimore you had a team called the Khalil Wyverns that is it that was the former owner of of uh, Walsh's wife, uh, 
she named the Kahlua Wyvern, and I always try to figure out why she always named, uh, well, her mascot is a bird, and a wyvern supposed to be a dragon. And she always put it as a, a bird. And we always picked on that, but she changed her team later on the next season to the Los Angeles Legends, then, you know, revolved into the Carolina Carolina of Skyhawks. But oh, Honolulu. Yeah, Honolulu Legends. But before then, the first three seasons, they were called the Kalua Wyverns. Okay, I and got confused because you said the Los Angeles Legends. Yeah, it was Kalua, then Los Angeles, then it was Carolina. But uh, San Francisco, back then, the summer 14 season, they were one of the best teams. Then they made, then when uh, Tuiasa Sopo went down during the winter 15 season, they signed David Baja and made one of the most embarrassing lopsided trades in Austin Broadway and, you know, they got Sebastian Brock. And, you know, they got Marcus Dorsett, which Dorsett, I believe, got replaced this year by a user player, if I'm not mistaken. But that was the fall of San Francisco before y'all, you know, are hoping to revive it in L.A. That lopsided three is when Tuiasa Sopo went down his rookie season. If, If you would watch those two seasons... It would be a really good history point on the SFL. If y'all ever have time, just relive those two seasons. And back then, the reason why Minneapolis, want, a lot of people said we won the championship my, when, when I went over with TPAT, is because at the time you could actually go with no running place. Minneapolis would never run the ball. And they came in as a glitch. And that's when he moved Freeman Goodspeed to a running back. And, you know, all the injuries occurred, that and Baltimore, both. And it set up the D.C.-Santa Fe match when I was gone. That one season I was actually working. Then you came in and, you know, Baltimore. Minneapolis, you know, went uh, won their division last year and advanced well to the playoffs again after a horrendous one and seven campaign. But any more questions before I get going? Nope. How about for you, Ed? Ed already said nope. no. Nope. I'm good. <laughs> Okay, but is there is there anything y'all want to ask me about the SFL I could fill y'all in or anything? Nope. No, I think I'm good. Good for now. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Is seeing y'all the playlist of the winter 14 and summer 15, well, the summer 14 and the winter 15 seasons and show you the history, how it all panned out. To y'all slack. How about the links to y'all slacks after I get off here? That's fine. You want to do that? That's cool. Okay. Well, I want y'all have a great night, and 
like I said, I'm I'm getting ready to head to bed myself. And uh, so uh, now one question before I leave though. Are we still doing the uh, preseason poll next week during lunch, or what's y'all's next show planned? Uh, the next show is planned currently for the 30th. The 30th. So is that going to be the preseason poll is going to be revealed? Yes. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that's when I want everybody to send in their predictions. Well, not predictions, but just their honest opinion, kind of uh, NCAA-ish. Send me your votes. What you think awesome. is the best team in the league to the last uh-huh. team, and I'm going to tally it all up from all the voters. And since you uh-huh. brought that up, I can let everybody know as of right now, Ed, myself, Frank Gooden, DeMond Simeon, Lou Wolfpack, Eric Barkley, TJ, yourself, I'm an effing problem, Maurice Spurgeon, and Colin Northrup have all confirmed they will be sending in their top their 16 votes. Oh, yeah. Do you, and then that night will reveal. Do, do y'all ever know how to record y'all shows, Annie? They are recorded as we are on the air. Uh, that's pretty awesome. But I was gonna, I was gonna ask y'all though. Uh, I know Ed's not familiar with this, but before you came and right before I came, there used to be a tag radio, and it would be awesome if y'all could do just a small section of a tag, you know, guest every, like every show and stuff. Like bring in a CAG representative of you know they always ask them a few questions and all that, and because they used to actually have their own radio show back right before then as, with T-Pat and Vertigo and you know T-Pat you know got busy with his assignments with Gone and all that, but that would be a really cool idea in the future if y'all could bring a CAG segment like how we're going on the seasons and everything like that. Okay. Might want to get with TJ and actually ask him about that. I think that'd be a really cool idea. But y'all have a good night, and I'll, I'll just hang around here to y'all in y'all show. Uh uh-uh. Well, then I'll put All you right. back on mute. Yeah. All right. Destro's cracking me up. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say this. I was thinking it, and I was gonna say it, but to t- put it there, I won't have to. Okay. Inside the SFL, not CAG. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. Quality I know history lesson until got off track. I know, all these, I know all these guys came from CAG, and they all love their CAG, but honestly, I get tired of hearing about it because I'm in the SFL. I'm not in the CAG. I don't care what's going on in the CAGs. I, you know, I'm sorry, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> Soon we're going to have people calling into the show, letting us know that that's how they're trying to catch their most recent Pokemon ball. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not going after no Pokemon either. <laughs> Me neither. And Destro, Destro posted this, something along the lines of uh, Pokemon on his uh, Facebook and I simply responded with, I'd be seeing females out there trying to catch and chase down Pokemon balls and find them and stuff. And half these females don't even know who the hell their baby daddy is. They can't even find him. Um, that's just not right. Just yeah. not right. That's the reality. This is the truth. 
What are you chasing? My Pokemon ball. Don't you go chase your baby daddy. I don't know who he is. No. <laughs> well, not going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to just suggest to get a bootleg 360. No. Ain't going to happen. No. No, no, no. I want nothing to do with the 360. I'm, no. If I wanted one back then, I would have bought one back when it came. No. I just don't like them. I never have liked them. I'm not doing it. No. I'm a PlayStation guy. Sorry. That's that's me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a PlayStation guy. But I'm doing the CAG thing, and I have officially played... Um, I've had one practice game on CAG. No, two. I'm sorry, two. And I think I've completed four CAG games, and I have not played the computer yet. So I have officially played six games ever on All Pro on the, the Xbox. And I'm pleased to say I'm in pretty much every game I play, and probably could win, if you will, if I knew what the heck I was doing. I still can't run some of the buttons. I don't even know what the hell the speed burst button is. And I know there's this other button that makes guys, like, invincible, if you will. I forget what it's called. I don't know what I'm doing. And the bottom button's the X button on the PlayStation. But on the uh, Xbox, the X button's to the left. So when I want to throw the ball to the X button, I end up half the time hitting the A button. So once I get that down, I'll be doing that much better, you know. But, uh... My last two games in CAG, and I don't want to make this about CAG, but I'm just mentioning it since we're all kind of on the topic. I held uh, Colin to 41 yards of total offense in the first half, held Destro to 21 yards of total offense in the first half, and in the second half in both games, they came back to say, hey, screw you, this is how we do it. Uh, although my game with Colin got disconnected with a minute and 30 to go, and I was up 14 to 3. So we're going to have to replay that, which kind of sucks. But, you know, I'm figuring I'll beat him when we play. So, well, yeah, I'm trying to learn this game, and I think my knowledge from that game is going to help us in the SFL. Just thought I'd throw that out there for you. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if you want to take this anywhere else or what you want to do right now. Because if there's nothing else... I was hoping more people would call in, but... Uh, yeah, yeah could have forced him to play. Yeah, I could force okay. him to play them final minute and a half. <laughs> I could, or I could enjoy kicking his ass the entire game again. He had Barry I... Sanders, and and with like one thirty to go in the in the in the game, Barry Sanders may have had twelve carries for probably twenty yards, something like nice. that. He was getting me through the air in that game. So yeah. See Alan Collins show. <laughs> <laughs> Alan's a trip, man. Oh man. That guy crashed me up. Is that the term we'll use for him tonight? A trip? Yeah. <laughs> He's he is a well I mean, he knows his stuff, but he gets gets excited and gets going and then he kinda messes things up a little bit, but that's what makes it awesome. And then doesn't give you a chance to have a word in Edgewise? <laughs> oh man he's a good guy though. yes that I will say oh man I had many many good conversations with him last year thanks to both of us being with the Mahlers so yeah it was good 
But, uh, yeah, like I said, we don't have the callers tonight. I'm thinking we're going to get a bunch of them next week when we do the 30th, the night before kickoff. I think we should get some call-ins that night. I'm going to make yeah. sure Cam pushes the show that week. Hopefully everything works out for me with my scheduling. I'm going to let you guys know this real quick. Uh, there's a chance I could be going to some night shift, which would have me going to work 10 to 6. That could happen any day. If that happens, inside the SFL could be a random night each week based on when I have an off night. Uh, if the off day happens to be a day of a game, that won't happen. So inside the SFL is a 50-50 chance right now. could become lunchtime with Ed and Doug on a regular basis. And as long as you're good with it and I'm good with it, we might become the SFL version of Mike and Mike, if you will, and try and do one almost every morning when we can to make. We it might fun. have, yeah. Hey, we might as well. I mean, school's gonna be starting, yeah. so the kids are gonna be in school here, you know, next month. So, yeah, yeah it's getting real close. Yep, mine goes the twenty third, I believe it is, of August. You, know, you go get some sleep there, uh, Destro. Destro, and uh, thanks for. Uh, Getting in the chat. Yeah. Well, uh, didn't know if Alex Zelly was calling in or not. He is the wide receiver for Carolina. He happened to ask me on Facebook how do I call in. I gave him the information. It doesn't appear he will be calling in. Maybe we'll get him on the next one. Um, but yeah, let's thank all the guys who called in from Cam to Alan to Alan the sequel. Um, <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> uh, before we go, uh, we still got ten more minutes, and you know, till it's midnight. So we might as well try to make it at least that in the last ten minutes. We're recording all my. I seriously want to know what everybody in this chat, honestly, thinks of Jason picking his team to go twelve and zero, kicking everybody's butt, and, and uh, really, I mean, is he smoking something or or what? I, I like I said when I saw that I'm like oh my lord he's smoking there's one comment <laughs> uh, Ronnie said yep he's smoking <laughs> I, I just wow and, and then my next question would be does anybody actually think that there will be a time when somebody actually does you know, since we're now playing twelve games, go twelve and zero. Well, Destro wants Mister Nickens to Nickens pray, to pray for. <laughs> twelve and zero. Well, we all thought the Maulers were going to do it last year, and they got caught up in the last week. So, I think it's possible, but the chances are slim. All right, like I said, since I had you call me. <laughs> As soon as I got that, I'm like, I can't. And you can ask Doug because I told him, I, said, I can't read this on the air. I can't do it. I, I can't. And he, he says, what are you talking about? And I read it to him, and he started laughing. He goes, all you got to. Uh, okay, so I understand finishing first at 12-0 and 0 when you have Houston. Yeah. I got a lot of yawn in the background, so I'm probably going to have to wrap this one up for the night. 
I gotta get my my boys to bed there. In there arguing over freaking video game. Yeah. Alright. Well, let the guys know June 30th is the plan. If things change, uh, we'll let everybody know ASAP. Um, but I'm still hoping to do that one that night. We will see what happens. So this way everybody's aware of what could be going on. So hopefully we can do that. One way or the other, we will get one done that week before the season starts, no matter what. So, and who knows, maybe we can do one so early in the morning, guys can listen to us as they're driving to work. <laughs> uh, why not? Why don't, why, why don't we, well, yeah, we, like you said, we could be the new Mike and Mike, but we'll be the SFL. Yeah, hey. Uh-huh. So, uh, well, again, big shout-out to all those who called in, shout-out to all those who were in the chat, shout-out to all those who participated in the chat and whatnot, and... We're down to the final ten days, gentlemen. Let's get ready. Oh, I can't get here fast enough. There's just <laughs> no way. Yeah, ten days till the season starts, fifteen till we play. Oh. <sighs> just ruined my night by that, didn't you? Yeah, it did. And to remind me, you know, they won't work the last game to be played. So, yeah, okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Well, if you have any more comments, we'll put this one to sleep. No, that's it. You know, just... Good luck, everybody. The season's almost here. And uh, for anybody who is doing uh, the uh, the poll, you know, the top 16, whatever, just, you know, get them in, you know, as soon as you can. So Doug and I have a chance to tally up everything because I'm sure I'll have to help him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for those of you who are unaware and you want to take part we're going to do in like an NCAA poll. You know, you have the coaches poll, you have the media poll. Well, this one's kind of going to be more like a media poll because we have coaches, we have owners, and there's a select few players. All you have to do is send us in order what team you think is the best in the league to last. So 1 through 16, we're going to add it up. So if you put a team 16, that's 16 points, if you will, for being number one and one point for being put last. Whoever has the most points, will be the number one team in the poll. And then, of course, we'll put in parentheses how many first-place votes they got. And we will rank the teams 1 through 16. And the goal was to announce this every Saturday during Inside the SFL or possibly have an Inside the SFL lunch special on Friday, depending on what happens with the work schedule. We'll see how that works. Um, I got nothing for my birthday, so to speak. Um, There's a question in the chat room. Um, On top of that... On top of that, um, what I want to say is uh, get us the votes as soon after the Wednesday game. I think it's Wednesday or is it Thursday. Wednesday games. Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday? Yes. So as soon as the Thursday games are in, get into us as fast as you can because we can't do a lunchtime special, if you will, if we don't have them. That's why we might do it on a Saturday. Who knows? But either way, we'll do a show and reveal the poll, and that's what that show will be about all on the poll. And uh, <clears throat> but I think it's going to be interesting to see where the league as a whole, when it gets tallied out for the average, where they have these teams ranked one through sixteen. This just gives us something to look at, something to talk about, some bragging rights, and just one more thing to enjoy this league with. And everybody I've proposed this to loves the idea, thinks it's interesting, and it'd be cool. And I know Cam does the 
power rankings. So he does the power rankings, so I look at it this way. Cam is the owner's poll, and we are the matters poll. No? <laughs> <laughs> no. But in honesty, though, he's, he's kind of like the owner's poll, kind of like maybe the coach's poll, so to speak, to a some degree, where the rest of us, while we still have coaches voting, we're more of like the media, if you will. So, but it's going to be fun, I think. And I'm just curious who's going to come out with the number one vote and who will be last. Because there's a few teams, based on predictions we heard tonight, that are probably going to be primed to be the last seed. And based on predictions, teams that are going to be there, number one. But uh, once all the numbers are tallied, we'll release them. And I plan on releasing a graphic with it, which will be a generic graphic. Because I'm not a graphics guy. But I sure as hell can do graphics better than Alan. Uh, oh, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> Uh, but anyway. Not very nice. No, it wasn't. But I have to pick it, Alan. It's too much fun. It don't matter. He'll pick back. Boo. <laughs> That's what he just said in the chat room. Boo. Good comeback, <laughs> Alan. Oh, man. Uh, that's why I love messing with him, because he doesn't take nothing offensive. I love that. Uh, nope. Yeah. All right, man. Well, then, with that all said, we threw that all out there. We'll put this one to sleep, and we'll get ready for the 30th, as long as everything works out. All right. Sounds good to me. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, for Ed, Big Dog Ritter, I'm Doug. That's me. The Joker Bose. This has been Inside the SFL. Until next time. All right. Till next time. Good luck. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.